It's me, it's Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy with this week's Outstanding Life Podcast. And before we get into this, I want to make sure that I let everybody know right in the beginning how you can follow the Outstanding Life Podcast. You can follow us on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Player FM. And I've been having a lot of people asking me, you know, Johnny D, how can I advertise or how can I donate to the podcast. Well, you can donate now on PayPal. So you can go to motivationalcowboy.com, go to the podcast page, and you can donate there. And you can even put a shout out, put a couple bucks in there, and you can tell me who you want to put a shout out to. And we will make sure we bring up you may be a family member, or maybe a friend, maybe it's a loved one that you want, you know, talked about on the show. And we'll definitely do that for you. You can also support us on uh, uh, Patreon. So all that is at MotivationalCowboy.com podcast, and we are going to jump right into this podcast. This week, we have Dan Jones in the house. What's up, Mr. Dan Jones? How you doing? Good afternoon. And we have Bill Melbach. Man, Bill, you were just here last week, and uh, you're like, I had so much fun. When are we doing another one? I had to come back. And here you are. <laughs> Guys, it is an absolute pleasure. It is a beautiful, beautiful afternoon here in Michigan. It's actually like 61, 62 years old. So, Dan, let's jump into this right now because... Um, one, I want to know what it's like to be a 39-year-old man with no cell phone. Well, Dude, hey, hey, before we get started, you told me this guy was 39. He looks like he's a senior in high I school. Know. When I first met him. <laughs> I'm, I'm in my 50s. I look like I'm in my 70s. And then you bring this guy in. <laughs> when, I, hey, when I first met Dan, and then and then yesterday talking to him on the phone, he's like, yeah, I got an 18-year-old. I said, what? I thought he was like my daughter's age. You know what I mean? So do you get that all the time, that, yeah. that, that you look so young? Definitely, yeah. Uh, getting jobs and stuff, I have to... I almost have to say, hey, I know I look this, but this is my experience. So, yeah, I always got to kind of tell people where I'm at, who I am. Recently, um, I was riding my bike, and I carried my daughter's bike to go pick her up from school. So it looks like I stole a bike. And I'm with my son, and he's 16. So we're riding, and I was like, oh, here comes a cop car. I was like, he's going to pull over and ask. And he's like, so where'd you get the bike? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm going. And I just laugh, going, it's my daughter's. I'm going to pick her up. And I get closer so he can see maybe some of the wrinkles or something. And he goes, no, where'd you get the bike? And he's like, why do you have a bike? And I was like, it's my daughter. I'm going to pick up my daughter. He's like, uh-huh. He's like, so whose bike is that? And I'm like, it's my daughter's bike. I was like, I'm her dad. I was like, I'm going to pick her up. And he's like, all right. And he drives on. And then afterwards, my son goes, I don't think he'd still believe you. I think he still thought you're blowing him off. I was like, I know. I don't know, I don't know what to do. So that is awesome. That was just a few days ago. So so listen, 39 years old, and you told me that you never have owned a cell phone. Yep, never had a cell phone. What the heck? I mean, I thought for sure, Bill, he was going to pull up in a horse and buggy when yeah, he yeah. said he didn't have a cell phone. We thought it was Amish by default. <laughs> right. And I so got, what's and I got that the like? push mower that doesn't have the... I mean, be, be, because everything you do in life, it seems like you actually... Wait, you actually have a push lawnmower? Yeah, I don't have the en no engine. It's just got the... <laughs> <laughs> what, what did those come out like the 1940s i mean i know and then mine broke so i had to go to a place and have him solder it so i can keep it so i keep using it so now and you don't make your sons do that you do go, no. you go out there and yeah use they, it? they did a little bit but what does your neighbors think it breaks um i don't know they don't say that much i yeah. bet they're like oh right. weirdo stay well, away that guy. that's because they see this huge open blade so they, <laughs> they stay away right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. i love that so no no cell phone you're totally off the grid mm-hmm 
Why? I mean, how did that, why? And I mean, I'm just so intrigued. Let's start with that, with, with this. Um, I think it kind of happened when uh, people started chatting. So when the internet first started getting big and, mm-hmm. and people were not really even understanding, so you'd have to research something and be like, oh, you can look at how many CDs somebody came out with and they're just listed for you. So at the beginning, it was, it was interesting. And then when people started being in the chat rooms, I jumped in with my friends around the same time, being funny, pretending somebody else, whatever. It's just mm-hmm. like a group of us at night. And then, I don't know, it was like first weekend or so. And I was like, I don't think I like this. And they're like, why? And I was like, I don't know. Something's weird about this. Something's off. I was like, the communication strand. I was like, something's not right. Not knowing texting was going to be Yeah, the next everything. big thing. Yeah. So, yeah, right away, that's just how I felt. And then cell phones started coming out. And then I was like, I don't want people getting to hold me when I'm walking somewhere. What are you talking about? Like, why would I ever want that? And so, for me, it was the opposite. I was confused why no one knew where I was coming from. Right. So I was like, isn't this this kind of logic? Like, why would you want people to always call you? You're going to get more arguments. You're not going to know where you're showing up. You're going to like, and then I would start seeing that happen. Yeah. With friends, you yep. know, going somewhere. Hey, where are we meeting? What time? Well, I'll be there at three. Just call me when you get there. I'm like, no, like you didn't like my post. You didn't like yeah. my tweet. It's like, are you kidding me right See, now? See, in that part, I've never even dabbled into. I only got into the text a little bit because we did have one cell phone at the house um, when my mom got plans. And so that was our house phone for a minute. And then that started happening right away. It was texting. What are we having for dinner? Every day was a text. What are we having for dinner? And I was like, I'm not, I'm not having a part of that. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> now for your millennial listeners, uh, to understand the scope of this, Dan has never had a troll. And he's never had anybody, you know, uh, not like not accept a friend request. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be kind of nice. Yeah. Though. I guess I've never been rejected. That way. <laughs> That's right. No rejection. <laughs> Avoid rejection. Yeah. So, so you are a psychologist. Yeah. Well, I'm a psychotherapist. Psychotherapist. Yep. Yeah. So my master's is in social work. I don't love to say that because the connotation people don't understand. They think it's your caseworker and people don't know what you do. Right. Um, so what do you do? And the avenue is so big. Right. <laughs> and the avenue is so big for social work. You do have to always describe what you do. Yeah. So it's better for me to just say, I'm a psychotherapist. Right. And, and then so on means, the good side, Jenny, it means he legally can't lock you up. <laughs> right. That's right. Well, the other reason I had to make sure was every time I said therapist, people were like, oh, so like for muscles, like, and I'm like, no, I'm like for the brain. So, <laughs> right. so it was hard. And then if they say, oh, so you're a psychiatrist. I'm like, no, I don't do meds. You're like, right. oh, so you're a psychologist. I'm like, yeah. well, that's not my degree. So it's so complicated. And psychotherapy, when you read your textbooks, so many are saying, so when you're a psychotherapist, and I was like, that's the term I got to grab. And that's what I am. So that's did, what I do. Is, is that what you always wanted to do? Did, did you start out, you know, when, when you're a young man saying, hey, one of these days that this is what I want to do? No, it was always acting, making movies, writing. Really? Uh, so your passion is not what what you're doing for your day job. Right. Nope. Not at all. When, when did you get your passion? Like, you know, I, I remember um, when I was ride my big wheel. So I don't know, seven, eight years old. And I knew one day I'd be speaking in front of a bunch of people. Okay. Well, I didn't know what a motivational speaker was. I, did, I thought I was going to be an actor. I thought, you know, because that's what I knew. Right. I knew movies. So I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be in front of lots of people one day. Well, that didn't happen. It was like I ended up you know, being a speaker. At what age did you start to get those juices of going, hey, I want to do this. I want to, I, I want to be in the movies. I want to be an actor. I want to, or whatever you were coming up with. Yeah, the, the acting, um, being a part of the movies, that was, I can't remember, like even when it began. So it was forever. It really? Was, I grew up with movies. My grandma showed me you know, Hitchcock films. My dad was like, well, you liked them. You know, you liked them in Cape Fear. Let's go rent Raging Bolt. So I was always just <laughs> finding out about that kind of thing. And yeah, I was just immersed in it. So I thought it was just acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I started off. But as you get older, your your brain starts wanting to create your own stories. Right, right. So um, like Toni Morrison, the author, uh, she's African-American author. And the reason she started writing is because she said, every time I went to read, 
there were no stories about me. There were no black authors. There weren't black stories. Like, so I was like, I'll just do it. And now <laughs> she's a giant author. Right. So that was the same thing for me. What stories do I want to see? What do I want to be interested in? What do I not see? So I started getting into writing. And so, yeah, so, so what, narrow what, it to what kind of um, movies did you like? Were you into um, the sappy stuff? Were you into like the gory killing stuff? No, when you- I was younger, it was all comedy and action, but that's even different than it is today. So I'm talking Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Hanks. Yeah, you know? so yeah. So it, it was different than all the gore and toilet humor that's nowadays. So that's where I wanted to be. But as soon again, as soon as I started becoming 12 or 13, I'm really into, you know, Catcher in the Rye. Like I'm like, oh, there's there's so much emotions we have in this life. So right away, I started getting deeper into like, all right, well, the mm-hmm. kid's parents all die and, you know, now he's got to fend from. So I was just changing it and getting more dramatic. And, so it I, comes, and then I leaned toward drama, I guess. So so you were talking about you being like the biggest kid, even, even having kids. You're like, Johnny, you have no idea how big of a kid I am. Do you remember Tom Hanks in the movie Big? Yeah. Yes. Was, now, was that one of the movies that you actually liked or were I mean, I know it's far fetched, but. No, yeah, no, I, I, I didn't. Didn't love it. I really, really liked it. Um, and part of it was because I was like, that's going to be me when I get older. And I wanted <laughs> to be. have a big loft and all these yep, toys. Big, loft, <laughs> big toys, people coming over. I'm on top, but I'm going up on the top bunk. So same sort of thing. Um, and then I wanted to be a toy designer. That's what I thought my job was going to be. So whenever. Really? Yes. Whenever I told so them. Did you ever design anything then? No, not at all. Okay. So you no, go ahead. Anything. Tell your story. You're, you're, yeah. You wanted to be a toy designer. Because I just. I, yeah. It was another part where. You know, I wanted to be creative in, in toys that weren't out there. They could be so much better and more creative, which then now they are. Now like every toy you can think of, they got right. going out. But um, so that's really what I wanted to do. So whenever I told my mom, I was like, so this is my plan. I'm going to be on stage doing rock and roll and I'm going to be an actor. <laughs> but on the side, my real job is going to be a toy designer. She's like, OK, you might have to narrow it down to some reality <laughs> somewhere. And I, I never did. Wait a second. Now, all of a sudden, you're an actor. That's what you thought you wanted to be. Right. A toy designer, but then I just heard you say a rock and roll star. Yeah. Okay. So you learned, forgot that part, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, and I, I bounce around a lot too. So that's no, okay. Um, it's like I was joking around with you before we hit the record button. It's like show me a guy that doesn't have ADD. So right. you're you're right. amongst good guys right now that we can yep. follow you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, jamming. Uh, yeah, my dad taught me the main chords, what the you know what the strings are. Then I self taught, and then started doing the band thing. Right away, same, same around the same time. Uh, 12, 13 being, years old? Yeah, yep. So, I mean, like, I was in a band too, but I mean, we weren't good at all. Were you guys actually good? Yeah. Um, yeah, we were told by adults all the time. Like, when we got off stage, we were like, oh my God, you guys were like, better than the other people that were playing. So, yeah, we did a gig junior year um, where, because we were already dishing out our tapes in it. Uh, through the high school all the time. I love that um, tapes. Yeah, Somebody yeah, I can yeah. relate to now, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and I had to go home and mix them all. So, <laughs> but yeah, so like, um, yeah, 15, 16 years old, we do the tapes, and then junior year comes around, and everyone's talking about fundraisers. I'm like, well, what if our band did a gig in the gym and we'd sell hats and shirts and, you know, cupcakes? And so we did. My, my bass player did the tie dye shirts, and my, um, Drummer figured out where to do hats, and we were able to do hats. We were song of yesterday at the time. That's the name of the um, band? Yeah. So did you play the guitar in the band? Yeah, guitar and sing. Okay, so you can actually play guitar and sing? Yes. Are you good? Um, I'm told I'm good. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Okay, well, we're not <laughs> we're not mom and dad. He's, right <laughs> he's good enough so, to send his cassette to iTunes. Yeah, <laughs> right. And get no response. So wait a second. So you you play guitar. 
Mm-hmm. You write music and you say you can sing. Mm-hmm. Well, this would be a perfect opportunity that I have a guitar sitting right there. Okay. So why don't I put you on the spot right now? And and um, do you have like a a favorite song that maybe you like to sing, or um, a yeah, song can, a song that maybe means something to you? Um, I yeah. mean, set this up then. If, I, if, yeah, if yeah. I'm going to throw you on the spot, then yeah, I got a song called Normal Land. Um, it means something to me only because I wrote it. It's actually more about um soldiers coming home, PTSD type stuff. So I know there's a lot of songs about that. Um, but it has a good sound and it's a song that my drummer and I thought was pretty commercial and we haven't been jamming as much because he's got two little ones now. Okay. All my kids are grown up. So, well, so, man, grab my guitar okay. and let's hear it. Bill, I hope you don't mind. No, no. I mean, wait, wait, I, I, I know that you, you like music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not singing at all. Otherwise no one's going to listen to this at all. And no one's going to get, when we get done with the podcast, no one's going to say, Oh, great job. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna want to get a, a cassette of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm at this distance. Sound pretty good? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. <clears throat> so again, it's called Normal Land. This is one we play, but we haven't played on stage.
That's it. Outstanding. Nice. That was all awesome. right. All right. All right. That was awesome. Well, I'll be the one that says yes. Very, very, very nice job. Um, Appreciate it. Wow. Yeah, that was fantastic. I didn't know what to say. I mean, that was really, really good. That's uh, one of the most creative things I think anybody can do is be able to pick up a guitar and just sing like that. Yeah, it's amazing. yeah, that was awesome, and especially being you know put on the spot and just right. grab something off your uh, out of your head like this. So, and I got a little cold too. I just didn't want to give an excuse beforehand. So, <laughs> so, so listen, um, you know, you're off the grid. You're you're a um, you you have a cool job. Your upbringing is cool. You have three kids. You're married. I want to know how you met your wife. I mean, because this has got to be a great story. I mean, with everything that, that, that we've heard so far, yeah. Bill, you, you know darn well this has got to be a good story about how he met his wife. It yeah. wasn't online. We know that. <laughs> it wasn't a dating site. <laughs> right, it definitely was not, yeah. It'd have to be, yeah, it'd have to be longhand. Right, right, this is real old mail, school. And that'd be more along the lines of stalking, I guess. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, so I am an eccentric person. Um, I, I never knew that term or that that's what it was until I got older. You know, when you're younger, you're just weird and you're the class clown and your goofball yeah. and but um I am so it must have been comforting eventually to find a term it was that's part of what yeah <laughs> that's, just eccentric. that's what i learned in therapy really you know it's okay to be weird so um in my own therapy but anyway uh yeah so with my wife or soon to be wife so we were freshman year high school um knew each other knew of each other uh second half of the year we kind of become more friends um not that big of friends just acquaintances in school mm-hmm. kind of thing and then uh she invites me to her birthday. So I'm like, uh, I'm like, okay. So to me, I'm like, I don't really know her that well. So I'm like, okay, I guess she kind of likes me more than I thought. So I'm like, so can my friend, which is the drummer in my band, can, uh, you know, can he come too? And she's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm like, well, you said your friend's coming. So I call my friend. I'm like, this is weird. I don't know what to do. She's inviting me. It sounds like it's just her and her friend and I'm coming. He's like, I don't know. Does she not want me to go? I'm like, not really. I'm like, I guess I'll just go. So being a person that just kind of jumps in, I'm like, all right, fine. Let's just go. What are we doing? We're going to Applebee's. We're going to go see a movie. I'm like, oh, love movies. Fine. Let's do that. Yeah. Although the movie ends up being Casper. That's okay. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there's just nothing out. So, um, so we go and uh, while we're there, it's actually a little better than I thought. And I do like her as a friend and, mm-hmm. I, and I like the other girl that's there as a, as a friend, you know, I'm there with high school with them. And, um, we kind of end up turning the friend into the third wheel. It almost feels like a date all of a sudden while we're there. And it's her birthday. <laughs> and we're seeing Casper. So even then, we're kind of like j- joking and talking during it. So anyway, this part is not that interesting because afterwards is where everything happens. I uh, come to my soon-to-be wife. Her name is Crystal. And I say, yeah, uh, so hey, so we're going to be graduating now. You know, it's the end of the year. And um you know, I'll call you. And she's like, yeah, right. And I'm like, no, I'll call you. When I do something, I do it. I always do anything I say I'm going to mm-hmm. do. She's like, oh, okay, I know I've heard it before. I'm like, all right. And I'm like, I don't know why she kind of got like that, but all right. So I call her the next day. I'm like, so you want to go out to go do something? And she's like, yeah, I didn't think you called. I was like, I told you to call. Let's go see a movie. <laughs> but so, I'll pick it this time. <laughs> right, right. So we pick Braveheart because it's a three-hour movie. Yeah. Going on a date. Nice. Like, oh, it's a long time to hold hands and whatever. <laughs> so we go do that. We don't make out. Nothing like that. Mm-hmm. After Braveheart, we come home. We talk for like two hours. And again, we're like, you know, 15. And she goes home at 2 a.m. My mom's like, is she some slut that's staying late? And I'm like, no, it's just we talked. So, and I never really had people stay over like that. Yeah. Um, we go to Cedar Point. Next day is a school class for freshman year, summer thing. She doesn't go. She never planned. She didn't sign up for it. So the whole time I'm in Cedar Point, I'm you looking her? for, looking for her everywhere. Like I, I'm like, she said she might come. I'm looking for her head, and, and so my friend's going, "What is happening?" And I'm like, "I don't know," but I, I thought she was gonna come. 
So on the bus drive home, I say to my friend, I think I'm going to ask her to marry me. And he's like, what? Whoa. what? Yeah. And I'm like, Whoa. Hey, I'm like, yeah. I said that I wasn't drinking at this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Somebody yeah. give me something to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting sweaty hands right, right now. Right. <laughs> You're 15. I already know that you want to marry her. 15, yeah. And and it's in the dark. We're laying down. And, you know, it's like, it's almost like we're in the stars. We're in the bus. Yeah. You know, and he's in the one row. I'm in the other row. Like, yeah, I think I'm really, he's like, why? She's going to freak out. Where are you going to ask her? I was like, oh, no. I was like, I think I, I have to. I think I have to ask her. I have to ask her. So the next day we come home. So we had one date that was Braveheart. And the one time we went to the, the birthday. Yeah. So, so yeah, she comes over and we kind of hang out for a little bit during the day. Again, no making out. I haven't even kissed her. And then so I go, it's not, I got something I want to ask you, but it's really weird. And you know, I'm kind of different. And she's like, okay. I mean, it takes me half hour to get the words out. I've never had that experience. Just sitting there in silence. She's like, well, I mean, what are you going to ask me? And I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out how to say it. So finally I say, I'm like, I want to marry you. I think we should get married. And I go, will you marry me? The craziest part of the story is she looks away for a second. She looks back at me and she goes, yeah. So she says, yes, that's the crazier part. <laughs> that my part isn't even that interesting. She says, yes. So, so who's crazier? Him or her now at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right, right. so we have like this big kiss, like real quick one. Cause her dad's there and he runs out. It's the first time I kissed her. Call my friend. I'm good? like, I asked her. What's that? Was the kiss good? Well, it must no, have been. She didn't change her mind. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> a horrible kiss. It was a fast, open mouth kiss. It was this nonsense. And then she even apologized later. She's like, I don't even know why we did that. I was like, I don't either. But so um, that was it. We stayed together. We did like a mock marriage a year later. We got a quarter, um, you know, from quarter machine. We got rings that we wore all through high school. And not wow. like a promise thing to be celibate or anything either. It was more yeah. just symbolism of our love. And, um, yeah, and then we moved out when we were 18. We got married when we were 20, had our first kid 21, and this is where we're at. No That's kidding. That's very cool. Yeah. So what does she do for a living? She's a registered dietitian. We're, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's really good at it, too. Wow, she's, where do we even go from, from, from there? I, I don't Bill, know. I'm I mean, so liking <laughs> the simplicity of the young part. Like, you've only got one box to check. She likes me. Okay, will you marry me? Yeah, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, all right. So good three, stuff. three kids, you have an 18-year-old, going to be a 16-year-old? Almost 16, and my daughter is 13. So two boys, and my youngest is my daughter. Yeah, awesome. So you said in between, I'm starting to, to read in between the lines with you. Mm -hmm. You said something during that story about you going through your own therapy, yeah, joking yep. around. Did you actually go yeah. through therapy, or were you just joking around for myself? Us? No, yeah, no, it was my so what happened? My mental health. Um, I had a breakdown. Was this before you asked her to marry you? Or? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> first time I got help. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So yeah, it is hard to when you try to match up timelines. But yeah, um, my wife and I are together, having kids. I'm making movies, um, doing my band thing. Um, doing all this sort of thing. So after I shoot my third movie, I uh, feel like kind of, I don't know, things are different. I have an oh, panic attack. So there's a difference between anxiety attacks and panic attacks. Anxiety attacks is where you're overly anxious. Things, you know, you're overwhelmed. There's a lot happening and you, you just can't take it anymore. Panic attacks are where they just come out of nowhere. You have no idea what even happened. And then when you go to therapy, you almost got to go through like a, a reverse. You have to place, uh, press reverse on it and, um, I'm just realizing, though, there is no reverse because there's no tapes. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it you got to grab the line right, and pull right. it back, I guess, right? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so you got to go backwards and, and see what triggered you, you know, what got you going. So I don't even know if I know exactly what got me going. Um, I think it's just well, being probably a you're, person. Yeah, you're, you're a very artistic person. Yeah. Obviously, the band, the movies, it's going, marriage, yeah. 
and a kid. I mean, yeah. that, that's a lot, Bill. And, and you can appreciate that because yeah, you've yeah, been sure. there and I've definitely been there. Yeah. And um, so I can totally relate to that. And and matter of fact, and, and I don't want to interrupt, but you just telling your story about the panic panic attack is making me realize that I had one. When I oh. gave when I gave up everything, I remember now sitting on um, uh, 75, shaking, crying, not knowing what the hell was going on with me. But again, I was following a dream. I was speaking. I was or trying to be a mm-hmm. you know a speaker. I had a daughter. Didn't realize what was going on. I thought I was having a heart. I mean, I'll never yep. forget that time. And and I actually have forgot about it until you just start bringing really? this up. Thanks. Oh, wow. so it looks like we get therapy on Monday morning. <laughs> That's cool. So, okay. So you're in therapy. Cause I mean, this really isn't funny because mm-hmm. I mean, people do need to get help. But you know, laughing is okay. Laughing is like, like they say it's yeah. the best medicine. It really is. Like there, there's even, if you do research in psychology, cause I do so much research in psychology and everything. It's not so much being sarcastic, but being facetious and having those jokes yeah. while you're talking about these kind of things. It's really healthy. There's nothing wrong with it. So you're, so you're in therapy. How long were you in therapy? So I was in therapy, um, yeah, so outpatient therapy for two years. Um, no kidding. When I had my breakdown, I was hospitalized for like four or five days or something. Okay. So, now, when um, did, during those two years, is that when you realized that this is what you want to do for a day job? Yeah. Uh, while I was in therapy. <laughs> Wait, I was just joking around, like, thinking <laughs> yeah. that was going to be another funny question. <laughs> right, but right, right. Is that really what yeah. happened? Yeah, yeah. Lost my job while I was in therapy after the breakdown. Um, and movies are not going to pay the bills. Um, I guess this is around 2012, 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. So YouTube and streaming Netflix, it's all getting bigger. Um, yeah. The economy took a dump. Yeah. Economy took a dump before that. And so the world's totally changing. It's not about going to the film festivals with your, um, with your film and then having DVDs, you know, it's, it's a, it's a way different world. So, um, yeah, talking to my therapist, I kind of dabbled in it. I was like, I'm always researching. I'm always looking it up. And everything I ever wrote in the past, my lyrics or my movies, my books, um, any of those kind of things, they all had to do with uh, the human brain. It had to do with behavior. It had to do with interaction mm-hmm. and, you know, the human condition. So I was like, yeah, maybe I should look into it. And I'm such an eccentric off person that I had this going through my head for a couple of weeks. My wife comes home and I go, yeah, so I think I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a degree in psychology and become a psychi- uh, psychologist. And she was like, what? what? <laughs> What's going on? So I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. I think it's something I need to do. How old and were you at that point? Like 21, 22 years old? No, this is 30. This is 32. Oh, um, 32, gosh. 33. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, because I already did my three movies. I've done my books. My kids are still growing up. But, yeah. you know, um, they're not babies. 32 years babies. old. And my daughter just... She's in her second year of actually making money as okay. a clinical psychologist. So I know how much money it costs to go to school and to get your master's degree. Yeah. Yep. And your wife obviously is very supportive because you did it. And she said, okay, yep, you're absolutely. nuts, but we'll do it. Yep. Yeah. We do <laughs> yeah. have the debt thing. I don't look at it as that right. way. I'm like, I, you know, I'm out there. The reason it even happened is because I kept watching like the documentary Bully. There's a lot of things where I was like, isn't there a way that I don't just have to make movies? I can go out there. Yeah. The biggest thing that happened with me was I said, they should have a class where you have people come and you teach them how to be good parents. Why don't they just have a class like that? Amen, brother. And then they kind of do, but mm-hmm. you know they're not the greatest. And that's yeah. what it was. I was like, so how can you? It took me a second, you know. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a whole field out there called psychology, and you know that's forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why. And the other part that mattered to go to the to go to college and get the degree was because with movies. It's who you know. It's, you know, you mm-hmm. don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. And with this, it was already a set in thing. You know, you're going to have your job placement afterwards. And So I want to know, Bill, you might be thinking the exact same thing, but how in the heck 
Did you go through college being off the grid? I mean, do you, I mean, I hope you have an email address. Yeah, um, I also had another question. Like, as <laughs> as to. you were a filmmaker and all these creative endeavors that you're doing, did how hard was it to realize like life's just going by, like noticing the changes without being online? Um, you know, like you said, those those changes from film festivals and, and right. everything's changed because everything has changed so fast. And with, by the time you get yeah, good at something, it's already, YouTube, you're already onto something else. Yeah, specifically with that. Well, when it comes to being in the moment, um, and it's something now mindfulness is so big. You know, they got books everywhere about it. But it's really important to be mindful. Um, that's something I did my whole life I didn't know. When everyone told me that, man, time flies, time flies, I argued every time. I still argue. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think time flies. I was like, I really don't agree with that. Like, I can pick. I mean, even today, we're going through my life. Mm-hmm. And there's like, it sounds like there's like seven different lives. And I could just stay in the one about my, I haven't even talked about my kids. I could just only talk about my right. kids. Yeah. And that's my whole life. Like yeah. forget anything I've ever done. It's all about my kids. So, um, so being mindful in the moment is how I've been able to deal with that. But I will say with the movie transition, being off the grid, having it being more on the grid than it used to be, I felt I lost my best friend. Whoa. It was a, it was a huge loss for me. For um, sure. this was, I guess during the breakdown, um, that was part of something I kind of had to process, but, um, it was more after it was more after the breakdown. It was more while I was starting college. Um, So, you know, I don't know, 2014, um, like 34, you know, around that time, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess I'm a sophomore in college at that point. It's really where I was like, yeah, I don't even know if I want to go back to making movies. If I do, what am I doing? You know, and I told you briefly when we spoke on the phone about how I was trying to compete with a Woody Allen movie that has eight A-list actors that's coming out and it's at the main art theater for two weeks and then it's gone. Right. And if I right, say it right. to anybody, no one knows what movie I'm talking about. And I'm like, so how yeah. am I yeah. trying to make a different movie that this has, you know, Emma Stone and Joaquin Phoenix? Everyone's like, I never right, heard right. Of it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, and then I'm got, well, I also made a movie, but it's just local actors. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, so that was a thing for me. It was hard to adjust. It's still being a creative person. Right. Um, that was why I went more to short stories and things like that. And I do still want to make movies, but um, yeah, that was rough. That was, that was. A rough thing. And it's, it's something I'm still kind of learning and dealing it's with. It's a very creative and amazing story because you're very relatable to a lot of people. I think being off the grid, you have this very interesting perspective mm-hmm. because I'm watching your talent. And one of the things now that's changed, like from when you were making films, there was like this expectation of somebody has to discover you. Right. And somebody has to find your film and somebody has to find where you're at. And then people have to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. And now everything's just like you, everything, that performance you just did. We film it on your phone, put it on YouTube. And right. now there's there's kids that are 13, 14 years old that have like millions of followers on YouTube. And that's something and I got to start learning about. Yeah, your creativity, though, it's like it's your expression of your creativity it's so actually cool, this old school version of just, right. you know, I just, it's like grinding it out that, that, that creative, where other people now, they're just like throwing their, their creativity out there. Right. Yeah. You know, yep. it's, it's, it's amazing story. It's amazing. It, and my kids idea. really are, they're really creative when it comes to the filmmaking and things like that. And I try to tell them, uh, you know, I'll do it. But the weird thing about, it, I guess, because they've seen me, they don't push themselves enough with the Instagram part. So they are on Instagram and they are, you know, certain, my oldest the most, but they are having certain parts of that. And I'm like, all right, so now post this thing, Dude, mm-hmm. you know, get this going. So my, my two sons, they have, um, is that a show? My two sons, um, my three, my three <laughs> sons, my three <laughs> sons. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, yeah. So, so, so if your wife's listening, is there going to be one more maybe? So you have three right. boys. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm snipped. It's all set. I can't do anything. <laughs> 
if she's pregnant, uh, something's going on. But um, but yeah. So when it comes to my kids, they have uh, it's called Lil Pri, and it's P R I X because my son has a Grand Prix. Okay. So there's this like pretend rapper they do. It's all you know. It's all mock yeah. rap things. But they so they got a rap thing. But even that, I tell them you know promote it more, get it out there more, do it. And they don't they don't do it a ton. They do yeah. it a little bit. And yeah, my one son's called Lil Pri all the time when he's at high school. And then my daughter goes to a different school. And they know him. They're like, Lil Pri when he's walking by. So he's like a little local celebrity <laughs> in Allen Park because nice. they're doing these videos. But that's what I'm, I agree with you. They they have so many more opportunities. Yeah. And uh, and they do take advantage of it. But some some people out there are really taking advantage yeah. of it. Yeah. And that's great. Bill, do you remember like back in the day, and, and you could probably relate, but, in, um, but when I used to have to send my promo stuff out, I used to have to have, you know, everything printed out. Yep. A VHS tape. <laughs> And that was before, your, like, your DVD. presentation, kid. Yeah, I mean, the, like, the whole deal, you know, 8 by 10 headshot, the whole deal. And then it would take four days to get there. It would cost you $15 to mail it out. And then they would have to send you a letter back saying, yeah, we'd like to book you. Exactly. Now it's like everybody can, you know, with the internet and everything else, it is kind of no, crazy. How it, I mean, just like the show right now. Right. I mean, you, you know, you never know who's going to pick it up and listen to yep. it. So I want to know, your your first or second movie, did you actually put some money into the uh, the movies to try yeah. to make it and to related so before I answer that I'm gonna relate to what you just said because my first film was shot on film so a lot of people out there don't understand even though we still say filmmakers uh it, you know it's just like yeah kids are film. like what's film right yeah, right, right so exactly. you shoot on film so I'm making a film no you're not <laughs> right you're not at all. I, I know film sonny <laughs> right yeah so so as you know you know there's 60 millimeter 35 and then you can also go like 65 and 70 but so films used to be made on 35 millimeter if you did it independent it'd be 16 millimeter. 16 millimeter is so expensive. So my first film was 16 to $18,000 and it was because of the stock we used. Wow. That's what it had to do with. We didn't have a little chip. 16 to $18,000 right. it took you to make that movie. And the reason I thought of it is because just now, that's my first movie that we did in 2002. And just now I was like, yeah, I need to get this transferred because it's just on these reels, you know, yeah. the big reels I got in a garage or getting wrecked. But we do have it on a digibeta, so it's like a video thing. <laughs> so, digibeta. Right. Because digibeta, so was, it's actually better than video. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, mean, it's, I know. It's I got you. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm older than you. It's okay. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I find this company, and I'm like, I need to get my movie. So they're like, send us a flash drive, 25 bucks. I'm like, what? So that's that $16,000, $18,000 movie. Now I got this little flash drive that's on my bookcase. Seriously. It has my whole movie. Seriously, yes. All the blood, sweat, and tears yes. that we did in that film. But, um, but anyway, so your question was. Yeah, $16,000, $18,000 it took, huh? Yep. Yeah, for that first one. And wow. it was mostly the stock and um, locations. Did, I think did you actually make money on the movie? No, not at all. We, <laughs> we And this was your standard, let's put this on the credit card. My my best friend did. Yeah, yes, so yes, he okay. maxed out all of his credit cards. Yes. Um, so he lived the filmmaker's dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, they, then they held our film ransom in another state and he had to drive out there and argue with them. And yeah, it was this whole headache. Um, yeah. And the film festival route, you know, we entered it, we did what we could. Uh, and it's a mock, so it's called Dan Jones' Career is Over. And can, my people find it on you, can people find not, it on YouTube? Not uh, yet. That's YouTube? why I just got the flash drive. I need okay. to put it up. So it's it's dated. It's got things about it that could be better or whatever else. Um, but I need to put it up where people No, can that's awesome. Hey, it's it. always the film you made is better than the, the film that somebody didn't. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so you go to work nine to five? You know, um, or, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you have a real job. Real job now. So what do, you, what, do you, what do you still do for fun? Like, like when you want to escape from helping people with yeah, their so problems, if, how do you escape? So if I'm not going to be writing, 
Um, cause that is still sitting down. I don't always want to just sit down and stare right. at a, a stare at a screen. I almost got a typewriter actually speaking of off the grid and I was like, but it'll be too loud at night. That's the only reason I didn't get it. <laughs> so, you um, know, somebody else, a, typewriter, a, a, yes. a friend yeah, of yeah. mine's, uh, wife is the, is the same way. She works for a big newspaper here and she wants a typewriter. Yeah. I, th- I think that they're starting to come back and people sure. are realizing how cool they really yeah, are. Yeah, because there's something to be said about that. It's like got that, a cool that sound. Noise. But we're, no, we're not I, sure if his living room is full of stuff or his hobbies or it's a, it's the start of a vintage store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kind of a minimalist actually, so I don't have a, I don't have a lot of stuff. But um, so a typewriter, typewriter. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, so you still like to write? Yeah, so I still like. Um, and I used to transcribe. That was one of my jobs. So I'm actually so fast. I can't even. That's the only reason I can't use a typewriter. It would okay. be too slow for me. But um, yeah, so I would write if I'm sitting there. Uh, if I'm not doing that, I'm playing with my kids. This is the, one of the strangest things out of all my strange stories. Is that. I'm starting to be younger than my kids because they're 18, almost 16 and 13. And my daughter's 13. So really she's kind of like 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still like, so let's go like climb trees. Let's grab the Nerf gun. So I'm still, like, ah, I don't know. And I'm like, what do you mean? So I'm the one being like the little <laughs> kid like the cool behind. dad. And yeah. I'm like, I just don't want to do that stuff. So when you're asking what I do, yeah, I'm, I'm wanting to ride bikes. I'm wanting to get into what they're doing. Yeah. I got to start backing off. And I have with the older ones, but I got to back off with the, the friends hanging out because now I'm going to be the creepy dad. I'm not the right. cool dad. If I'm, are you a morning guy? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Are you? Are you one? I'm of those a morning guys? guy and I'm a night owl. Okay. So, yeah. what about uh, your your diet? Like, do you like do you eat like all right and everything like that? Yeah. I'm. Um. So I'm not a health nut, but I eat really healthy just because that's how I want to be. I've never smoked, drank anything. Has nothing to do with religion. It was just when I was young and I learned what. So you don't have a phone. Do. You still have an AOL account. You don't <laughs> drink. No. I, it reminds me of that song, Don't Drink, Don't Smoke. Right. What do you do? Don't drink, don't smoke. What do you do? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't smoke either, but that's I mean, right. I, I, yeah, I lo- definitely like to get creative. I mean, a couple Budweiser's. Yeah, um, my, my voice is maybe. Wine. Speaking of creativity, if we went back all the way to your early years when you said you were going to uh, therapy and stuff. Yeah. Do you think your creativity, is there a fine line between um, like mania and creativity? I'm way manic. Yeah. I'm definitely manic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sensing that a little, but I just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually toning it down. So I'm not no, but you, but you channeled it well. That's, right, that's, that's, very, now, um, that's now, why I'm asking. Now for the, for the person was, that, that, that don't know, explain what that is. Yeah. Because there might be somebody that doesn't yeah, in understand. In all seriousness, I think yeah. he's channeled it extremely well. And yeah. I think there's a lot of millennials that haven't learned to channel. Yeah. And absolutely. I think yeah. he's got a great message for that. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it's tough with um yeah so I, there's a lot of answers and everything we just said but yeah. um when it comes to millennials <laughs> and uh, ADHD or ADD which is you know attention deficit disorder um even that you know a lot of people misunderstand that it's not because they can't pay attention it's because they're paying attention to everything right. that's really what that is um and when it comes to being manic uh so bipolar another phrase that's thrown around too often nowadays but bipolar used to be manic depressive they're the exact same thing. Um, and manic depressive is a little easier to understand because you can hear it. You know, it's like it's being manic, being kind of fast and hyper and being involved a lot. And then depressive where you're kind of in a state where you almost don't want to get out of bed. Um, the misconception, though, with bipolarism is also that it's not up and down. People say they're so bipolar. They think it's an up and down thing. And that is not even what it means. I mean, it's really could be that you have like four times that you were depressed, but you were manic all year long. Um, in that mm-hmm. year. So yeah, so wow. there's a lot that comes to that, but when it comes to the kids and they're on their phones and maybe they do have a lot of manic tendencies, which just means energy. Mm-hmm. I don't even like using any of that. I just say it for myself, but sure. they have a lot of energy and they got a lot of creativity. 
Um, if they're on their phone, how much is that maybe not being expressed? Maybe they're, you know, saying certain things to somebody like they're wanting to marry somebody after two dates <laughs> and a text yeah, yeah. message, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because they just didn't know how to process some other stuff going on. Um, that can be different when it's on a phone, you know, when they're sitting in, in their mm-hmm. homes. My kids are fortunate enough to really, they see me, but I'm also like, you know, get out of the house, go do something, go ride your bikes, go. Um, so they are able to do that and feel that um, with these kids nowadays, there's almost no point in saying it, but it is. If you can turn off the phone a little bit, you know, not have the phone. Pick up the phone once in a while. Yeah. Right. Have you tried I pick to up keep, the actual phone? No, right. An actual yeah. phone. Yeah. Have you tried to keep your kids off, off the grid as much as possible? Um, or? Well, I didn't want to. So they're going to have my values because they're my values mm-hmm. and they're being raised. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's, that's their environment. Um, I try not to push my values just like you wouldn't push certain yep. things. Um, so I try not to do that with them. Um, because I don't want them to feel ostracized and feel very strange in school. So with my middle son, who's almost 16, he's in a state right now. It's a little more difficult because he doesn't have one. Does he, should he? And so that I've been like, you know, I don't think they should until they're 18. It should be, they pay their own bills. But with my mom and my wife, they're the one that had our 18 year old get his phone when he was like 15. I'm Mm -hmm. like, so if you guys think he needs to, that's, that's fine. I'm not going to, I don't want them to feel strange with my daughter. She just doesn't care at all, which is, um, and this isn't a stereotypical thing or like a sexist thing to say, but like with, with women, it really is that they're, they're raised cause I minored in women's and gender studies and they're raised in this place where they feel like they have to be in a group yeah. and uh, women have to be there for each other. And if they don't, then they failed as a person. Right. Right. And that really stinks. So for my wife or my wife, my daughter, not to have that social media, that's a cool thing for her. Cause she has been going through this coming home crying, you know, I don't know. My friends are just acting weird. They're starting to be mean to me. I don't know why. And I'm like, well, that's part of it. So my yeah. Wife and I talk to her about it and say, this is what happens. So we make sure she knows she has to be the person she wants to be. Right. No matter what. Yeah. You got to be there for people, but it's not you all. You got to love yourself. Group first. Think, yeah, for sure. absolutely. So, so when you're not being, um, you know, the dad that is, you know, want to play outside with the Nerf guns and, and, and go for rides on the bikes and stuff like that. What else do you do to, to channel some of that energy and that creativity that you have? What else do you like to do? Are you still, you know, uh, writing? Are you still doing movies? Yeah. Are you still, you know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta pick one. So, um, <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is the next movie I wanted to do. It'd be my fourth feature. The plan was to shoot it this summer. There's some holds on that kind of thing. Um, investors and stuff and just make sure my platform is in the right place. Uh, and, um, so that was a lot of work. That was for the last year. I've been working really hard and I, I mm-hmm. did my whole script breakdown. You got to write the script. I have to outline it from the novel and it's true to the novel too. It's not this modern thing like with cell phones and email. Yeah. I'm not doing that. It's actually a, a nondescript uh, timeline. So there's, it's not a period piece, but it's not future. It's not past. It's just what it is. Okay. Um, so that was the plan for that one. So anyway, that's a lot of work. But besides that, um, while I was in college, the people I know um, laughed at me because I was starting college. If if you guys really knew me, school is the number one thing I would never go back to. Hated it. Absolutely despised <laughs> it. So when I said to my wife, hey, I'm going back to school, that's why she was like totally floored. And everyone was floored that I would be the person to say that. Um, so when it comes to being in college and going back, so everyone's already going, it's so weird. Dan is going to college. How strange. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to start writing short stories and giving them out as brochures in my neighborhoods. And everyone's like, why are you doing that? What do you mean? Now you have tests and you have to study. And I'm like, no, no, no. I got all kinds of time. I'm fine. So for four years, um, I stopped last summer. But for four summers, I wrote all these short stories for the first time. I never wrote short fiction. Um, that is so funny. And not not, them out. not yeah, to no. interrupt, but, but, when, but when, you, when you said that, so back in the day, 
when I first started speaking, and I used to, I was, it was like so cool to be in a hotel, right? You know what I mean? Because I, I made it, man. People right, are right. paying me to come and do a gig for them. So I used to take like a whole bunch of like motivational thoughts and I used to put them on like one page and I used to go around the hotel at night and put them underneath people's doors oh, awesome. so they could read my stuff. Yeah. And, and I was like, well, hey, this is like a free audience. I'm getting like publicity for right. this, right? And this was before YouTube. This was before all that. So it's kind of funny you said that because I just made me so think cool. about the stuff that I used to do for years. And like you're saying, inspiring people out there. So it does show. So at that time, you weren't off the grid, but you didn't have a grid to be on. Well, there wasn't a grid. Right. So, <laughs> But you were still doing it. And then it shows where you're at now because you had that Yeah, that, that drive. drive. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I would put from, you know, um, you know, the motivational cowboy, you know what I mean? And it right. was like, hey, this is cool. Like, this is neat. So it's kind of funny you said that because it just made me feel like I'm not crazy. Right. Because I would never I mean, tell anybody. Maybe I, so. I, I, I am. Crazy, but, but I, okay. I, you know, it's so funny because I would never tell anybody that. <laughs> so when right. you just said that, I'm like, I can tell, okay, I can finally say this. Right. <laughs> yeah, not sound like some so crazy short person. stories. Um, you know, I asked you earlier to to grab your guitar and uh, you know play us something, and you were um, amazing. I, I I will say you're an incredible musician. Thank um, you. But do you happen to have a short story or one that you have memorized that you would love to share with us? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to memorize it. That's something we used to do like 2,500 years ago. Like Socrates and Aristotle. You guys know that? That, we, that our memory is different than it used to be? They used to just tell stories verbally. Right, yeah. And then they right, would memorize right. them and then they could verbatim them, give yeah. an exact story that would be half an hour long. But, That's crazy. Um, so I don't have that okay, did in you, my head. Well, let, me, let me ask but you this. Did you have a story? Did you happen to bring one? Like, yeah, I always have them because I got to pass them out. So. Okay, <laughs> let me ask you this. Can you please set it up and what's it about? Where, when did you write it? You know, that so, whole deal. okay. So, um, so my stories were called secrets. Like I said, I've, I stopped them last summer. Um, so I just stopped them, but they're called secrets, short fiction by Dan Jones. And the reason I did them is because, uh, one time I was reading about Stephen King. I don't love Stephen King, but I think he's, you know, he's a really smart guy and he knows mm -hmm. things obviously. Um, and he was saying how, when he was younger, he used to pass out these newspapers into his neighborhood. And, uh, and it was just about the news that he wrote. And I was like, why am I not doing that? Because you're not a writer unless people are reading you. And right. I'm writing scripts. I'm writing novels. I self-publish novels. So some people have written me, but not, read, read me, but not the other stuff. So that's what I decided to do. All right, I'm going to start writing some short stories, perfecting them. I won some awards while I was at college. I didn't know I could write short fiction. That was how I even learned it. So that's crazy. It. That's even cooler. Yeah. So, so, so I tried it out, won some awards, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. I had access to a copy machine. So when you talk about privilege, I had a copy machine, um, and I made about 150 copies of like each issue. And then I, on my bike, passed them out to all businesses. I didn't go to homes. I went to businesses. So they had them out where I was in lobbies, you know, if you're getting your hair cut or if you're going to get pizza. So like Jets Pizza was one of them. Like they would, they would go out of there right away every time. So when I did the math after having 40 issues for four summers, I'm like, I had thousands of stories. Cause sometimes if I did do 150 and they went out quickly, I'd do another 150. So yeah, I was in like the 10,000, 15,000 stories that I passed out. Yeah. So even though the paper, it's off the grid, I'm like, that's a lot of readers. That's yeah, a lot of stories. Absolutely. And I do it for the reader. So, so what do you got this for is, us? This is fantastic before he starts yeah. it. So I know the reason you brought me here now, because I want to pitch the reality series. I'm Dan Jones. <laughs> and, and it's all about a man who's forced to find his audience one person at a time. <laughs> right. yeah. <laughs> it is. I'm stopping the mailman. I'm like, hey, you know, here's mine. 
<laughs> Give me my email. And they're like, this who should the be, hell is this? No, no, this would be great. This would be an right. amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate, and I do appreciate um, the questions. I feel like I'm, you know, given a whole lot of thing and I don't talk about myself, even though it seems like I do. No, you know, this I, is I, great. I, really I mean, and this is what the platform's all about is. I appreciate it. You know, it. I always say that, especially with this podcast, and Bill, you've been around the podcast since last year when I started. You don't have to be rich and famous to have a great story. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to have lots of money. You don't have to have fancy things. We all have a story to tell. We mm-hmm. all have a legacy to leave. So I appreciate you guys coming on the show and talking about you know who you are because you have no idea the people that you are going to inspire because of the outstanding life and, and I think and being here. And I thank you on behalf of the people out there listening because you know you bring up the rich and famous thing and everything. I being a filmmaker and wanting to write stories, it was never for fame. It was never for fortune. It was to entertain audience and because I wanted to express myself creatively. And so you even saying that, you know, other people know that my children, when they listen to this, they're going to know that because they're making their own movies. Mm -hmm. And for me, I have no regrets of making independent cinema or passing up my brochures. It's like, it's what I wanted to do. And I had people coming to me, not that I did it for this reason, but I had coming people coming to me for my second film, human achievement. I had multiple people tell me that it changed their lives. Yeah. Because it's really about a person. It's just they got their ups and they got their Isn't downs. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. One person at a time. And I know yeah. you, and it matters. you were joking around, but it's true, Bill, no, but right? It's true, because yeah. we are doing it one person right. at a time. Exactly. Hence the psychotherapy. That's yeah. why right. I'm like, why do I need a group to teach parents all this one person? They got their own That's story right. that's going on. So but, go ahead. Uh, so set, set the story up. Okay. So this all matters too because this story is called Autobiographical Memory. Um, I'll talk about it afterwards. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So it starts off with a quote, because since you guys can't read what I'm reading, there's going to be a couple quotes here and there, which means dialogue. So someone said this. So it starts off, Nikki, which is a quotation. So Nikki, I haven't seen Nikki since we were 10 years old. I was in love with her. I've been in love with her ever since I was three, three years old. I'm 22, 22, 22 and visiting my grandparents for the first time in years. My grandparents' home is where I was raised, basically next door to Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Practically living next to Nicole for all those years is the reason I shout, Nikki, and then Nicole. I'm visiting the home where I was more or less raised. Nikki visiting her parents on this very same day. Both of us outside at this exact moment. I can see myself asking her to marry me. I remember how beautiful she was and how fun. Right now, seeing her, her face and posture and ponytail, she's got the wits to go with my memory of her. She's better looking. How great for her. My dad mentioned seeing her months ago. She looks like a model, he said. He was right. My dad said she went to Yale. Graduated, I'm assuming. She saw me. She's getting something from a truck, but she saw me. Hopefully she's not beyond my scope. I don't think so, because she was head over Chuck Taylor's in love with me back when we were kids. And Nikki used to ask about me when we were teenagers, all the time. Dad and Mom used to update me. We never kissed or dated, but we could have. We probably should have. It was only that one time one of them saw Nikki in the past five years. Mom or dad didn't talk to her, but I can feel it in my heart that something big is going to draw us together today. Now and forever, something's going to stick. Something's going to get stuck in our heads and explode our memories wide. It's Thanksgiving, so she'll be here a while. Even if Nikki has a boyfriend or even if she's engaged, something is going to happen. I can see it happening. My brain picking up on, any, on something. Like it's on fire or wired to something we shared. Something I'll bring up that will make a spark and shut down the rest of the nonsense around us. A radiating hotness will thaw any ice covering and killing petite flowers from this past summer. Calling her Nikki instead of Nicole is a draw-in. Below her name, bellow her name like I used to. Be, like I used to. 
Maybe everyone calls her Nikki now, but it will be my voice, grown up and calling from my grandparents to play in the backyard or presently have a chat. Calling her Nikki will bring her to me, like Dracula. She didn't hear the first Nikki, I shouted. That's why she went inside. She didn't hear me. She didn't ignore me. I haven't necessarily covered everything that could go wrong between us, but I believe our love is going to overcome anything I haven't thought of. I know I'm coming off as ridiculous, but we have to be ridiculous sometimes. I could put my soul on the line to prove my certainty. Not to linger inside my own belief, but it's the idea of being one with fate, controlling the uncontrollable by taking part, taking action, calling out her name. I'm here again outside, lingering to see if I can see her. I can't miss her again. Nikki somehow getting inside around the side of a truck without a glimpse. The thought of not seeing her again is frightening and enraging. Pretending to throw something away in the trash outside could work. If it doesn't work, I'll play catch with my nephew later on. Three more times and I haven't seen her come out. If they don't allow smoking in their home and guests have to smoke outside, then I've learned that Nikki doesn't smoke. I would have seen her otherwise. Good for her. Preserves her youth. That truck's gone. Her truck? When did she leave? She went for a beer run, probably. Perfect timing. Again, not a coincidence. Fate and the two of us are set in motion. The truck's coming up the street. She's coming back. Nikki's driving. I can tell by how she's parking. I've never seen her drive. We wouldn't drive back then, but I'm sure it's her. It's her truck. And I'm correct. There she is. She's alone. It's Nikki in the flesh. Soft flesh. By the way, she drops her head and arms and walks. It can only be Nikki. Posture that can only be hers. She's gorgeous. She's improved. Pretend to walk over to my car and see her by chance. Hey, Nikki! Again, like hours earlier, she doesn't answer. There was some wind. It's her, I have no doubt. Hey, Nicole! The door of the house opened and creaked. She didn't hear. Nikki! She's looking over, disgusted. She says, it's Melissa. My name's Melissa. And she enters, and the door closes. And she's correct. It's Melissa. I've forgotten her name. But it was her, and her name is Melissa. She recognized me. <laughs> you always see What's the that? positive and everything, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I love that. Nice job, man. Thank you. That's Thank cool. you. So what inspired cool. you? Honestly? Yeah. So this happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. True story. Um, yeah, but not all the stuff about liking her and that kind of thing. Um, Hashtag true story. Right. right. <laughs> um, and usually, they usually aren't true stories, but when you're a writer, I mean, this. Yeah, absolutely. Happen, right. I could write a story about being on a podcast and then I'll be like, hey, it was just, uh, I had an environment and, you know, but um, no. And the funniest part of this is I don't even remember the name she said. So I don't remember if she said it's <laughs> Melissa. Like, I don't even know what name she said, but it was a girl I hung out with when I was just like six, seven for like, you know, three years at my grandma's house. And it was, it was some event or something. I was like, oh, I haven't seen her in years. Yeah. So there's none of the other thoughts that were in it. It was just, I haven't seen her. And then I called her name like twice. I don't know what name I said, but I said, hey, blah, blah, blah. I said it like three <laughs> times. And she was like, it's blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, yeah. And then she went in the house. And I was like, oh, my God, she must feel like garbage. Yeah. She remembers my name, I'm sure. Right. And I felt so bad. And then I've even tried to see her since. And I wanted to tell her, because I know at the time there really was a, my wife plays soccer. And there was a person she was starting to befriend. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was going to tell her that was the name I said at that time by, you know, it was in my head and I don't even know whatever excuses, but I don't want her to feel that she's right. somebody I don't remember. I remember her. But anyway. So do you have another one? I hate to put you on the spot, but that yeah. was Bill. I mean, that, that, that was, was pretty that was good, really wasn't good. it? Yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, I could do a shorter one. Let's okay. do it. Cause I, I want, I, because I'm glad it's shorter because we only got like five or six minutes. Okay, cool. And, and I want to make sure I, I talk about something else that you like to do. So okay, go ahead. Okay. 
So this, this one's called six, <laughs> six Minutes Before Dropping Off. Midnight passed and I have to get to bed, but I wonder if I'll be able to sleep and don't want to begin the restlessness in the dark bedroom. And so I'm writing this to see how fast I can write something worthy of reading and to see if it will distract and help me sleep. And I'm thinking how strange that will seem to me tomorrow morning when I am tired and not wanting to get out of bed or perform my daily duties, all the while knowing that I could have gotten to bed earlier if I only had not written that, this story. Then I'll remember that moment, this moment, when I thought that what I was writing wasn't a story, but it had to become one in order to be a proper diversion. So then, right now, I wrote these words last night. A fairy drove a dump truck through the sky and found the tip of the castle occupied. That was the story. I came up with it after midnight last night, tonight, just now. Was the end result worth the effort? Maybe, because it took three minutes, correction, four minutes, to write the entire paragraph, five if you count the read-through. And the sentence story fulfilled my hesitancy and gave meaning to it before entering the bedroom restlessness for which I was inevitably headed as I'm right now predicting will occur, keeping me from sleeping and writing had I not stayed out of the room to write this paragraph. The story has become me. Sleepy, awake me. The real question is, should I bury the creeping alien I shot and killed near the wall or leave him in the bed of my truck until scrap metal drop off tomorrow? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's no, it. Man, that is so awesome. So that one, obviously, the guy's just trying to think of something to write, yeah. not mentioning that he's got some aliens. Why is <laughs> he even writing? Right. <laughs> so writing, playing with the kids, This, these are all things that you do outside of your real job. But another thing you like to do, and I can't wait to go and watch you do this, is you like to do stand-up. Mm-hmm. With everything you have going on, how did stand-up, come into play with this whole big long story of your life for 39 years? Well, basically, um, I stopped writing those short stories, right? So I did them for four summers and then I took a break on it. My kids are older. They're not climbing the trees with me anymore. Got my master's <laughs> and I got my job secured as a psychotherapist. And uh, there's a hold put on my film. So I'm like, so I've always wanted to do comedy. And um and we haven't talked about it, but that has been a thing. I've always wanted to do stand-up comic, yeah. comedy. Um, I used to watch like Roseanne Barr and uh, some of those people before they had like their television show. Yeah, right. So yeah, um, so I was always really big into it. I was a class clown my entire life. I always made jokes, and even though I've done a lot of acting, I have done like uh, traveling theater and things like that. Um, I've never gone on stage and just done that. Like just go, hey, I'm gonna make you laugh right now. Yeah. It's a Totally, totally different. different. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything else. And, you know, being a more visual speaker. You know, it's so funny because I got off stage last week from a gig and I was at a high school and this kid goes, oh, you were funny. How come you don't do stand up? And I looked at him and I was driving home. I had about an hour and a half drive home. And I thought to myself, when you have to be funny, mm -hmm. it's a whole different ball game when someone is yep. counting on you to make them laugh. When you're a motivational speaker or a storyteller it's different because if they laugh, that's just a bonus. Right. They're there to get motivated and inspired. But when you're there for that five or 10 minutes or 20 minutes and you have to make them laugh, yep. that's a totally different gig. So stand up. So do you remember your first time and, and when was it? So I've only done it uh, four times so far, but I do. Are you have, funny or is that just what people tell you? No. Yeah. I have an, I, I have an, I actually, I have a knack for it, but the people that haven't seen me, uh, someone told me, she's like, I don't know how to put this, but I didn't know you were funny. <laughs> so, I was like, that's pretty good. I can use that on stage. So let me ask you this. I've asked you to, to tell some funny stories. I've asked you to pick up my guitar and sing a song, and you are incredible at all of it. The one thing I've had, I have a lot of friends that are comedians, and the one thing that when people, when you tell them that you're a comedian, the one thing that really, really just 
angers you guys and you girls that do comedy is when someone says, oh, you're a comic. Make me laugh. <laughs> so guess what the question is? Oh, no. Pressure's Dan, on. <laughs> make me and Bill laugh. <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing, too. Doing, doing Paint a, the picture. <laughs> yeah, doing it four times, too. The thing is, um, my first three, I didn't bomb at all. I got laughs. I kind of do more of a storytelling type thing. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth time, I 100% improvised, and I I killed it. Yeah. I got everybody cracking well, up. Because so Dale I'm Carnegie once it. says, or once said, talk about the things you have the right to talk about, and you'll be successful. Okay. And that's true. Talk about the things you have the right to talk about. Right. And, I, and I always said that if I was to ever do stand up, the two things that I'm going to have fun with is race fans and I'm going to have fun with motivational speakers. Right. <laughs> right. So go ahead, man. Do it. Um, do it. Do a couple so minutes for punchlines. OK, yeah. so uh, one thing I know is, uh, you know, we debate a lot about ghosts, you know, whether they exist or not. And we've got paranormal activity. We've got people videotaping everything uh, out there. And it's interesting because if the ghosts do exist, do you know how offended they are by us not only ignoring them uh, all day long and they're just walking around us, but we're questioning their existence at all, if they're even around. Um, so that's one bit. Uh, <laughs> another one I got is, you know. Uh, you know what? It's kind of crazy, but I've never even looked at it like that before. Right, right. Like, think about it. Right. Right? Like, if they could actually think, oh, man, they don't even see me. <laughs> right. And it does yeah. go on. That bit goes on. <laughs> that you actually go, hmm. Right, right. And, and that bit does go on a little bit longer. You know, yeah, they, yeah. You, the guy shows up with, you know, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd shirt that has him crossed well, the off. Ghostbusters, yeah, instead yeah. of Ghostbusters, he's got the actors crossed off. Yeah. And, you know, and they're picketing, ghosts are real. So they're really mad. And then when they get mad, they throw on their picket signs and it just goes up in a poof of smoke with no sound. And so there's different bits that go to it. Um, another w- quick one I have is uh, about the trunk cords in the back of a, if, you know, you ever notice the trunk cords in the back of a trunk? And that's something you don't want to say on the first date. But um, <laughs> if you notice, if you look at it, it's got a person fleeing from the trunk. So the little picture has a person running away. They're not just walking away from the trunk. They're saying, you know, run. So it's with the intention that you're going to be put in a trunk. (laughs) And the most interesting thing about it is that there's an arrow. So just in case you get confused that you're running away from the car, you know, don't jump back in the trunk and close it because you are being kidnapped. You need to get out and run that way. So that's one of them. And then uh, another piece to that too is the um, the buttons are so hard to find on the outside of the trunks nowadays, but they're easy on the inside, but it's in the dark. So that doesn't help us. And the other thing about being outside is, um, you know, how maybe they're not on the outside because if people are walking around and, you know, they don't want anybody just come around popping trunks because then they could kidnap your right. kidnap, you know, if they're looking for people, they're going to take yours and claim it and say, Oh, <laughs> right. that's mine. I'm, that's my person. I'm going to steal my yours from my trunks. Maybe that's why they can't see the buttons. So those are two quick bits, I guess, man. I tell you what, um, it's literally been, an, you know, an hour and we have to close this out, but, and it does fly by. It, it does. does. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does. I mean, life does fly by, but Bill, do you have any like last comments or maybe we'll wrap it up with a, uh, with a question that you might be thinking about or, uh, I don't want to take it back and get too deep, but I just really wanted to ask, uh, based on your uh, professional now, like, is there any message between your uh, creative self and your psychotherapist self? Is there any message you'd like to to leave with the, the audience right now? Um, see, one really is, and it's hard coming from me because I'm off the grid. But one really is is that that phone aspect. We kind of talked about it a little bit, really um, shutting it off. With a lot of clients I have, their anxiety is so huge, whether they're 14 or they're 58. Um, one of the tips we even say is, you know, don't put the phone on the dresser next to your 
mm-hmm. bed. Like actually just put it in the other room. If you need the alarm, set it a little louder, but have it in a room where you can see it or you can hear it. Um, Cause really just a way of going to bed and anxiety and processing. And you know, our, our body needs to do that when we go to sleep, we close our eyes and everything starts going so fast, whatever we experienced. Um, so that's one thing about the phone. If we could ease up on a little bit, it's hard coming from me, especially if I'm talking to kids, I almost don't even say it. Cause they're gonna be like, well, you don't even have a phone. I try not to say it. Right. I don't have a phone. Um, but that is a piece of it. And it's not bias. It's, it is more that I see it. It's the, it's the parent we can't get in the room. So let's just say, a family has two parents and there's more parents because we have step parents and things, but just say they have two parents. I always say it's the third parent we can't get in the room is the phone because we can't ask it. We can't say what's going on. Right. And so that's just all introverted with that, especially child, um, which is a bummer. Uh, besides that, like I said to you, John, I think whether you're on the grid, off the grid, um, everyone likes to say like, pull up by your bootstraps and just try again. It's not so much about try, try again. It's try differently. Yeah. It is so important. It's because you're just going to set yourself up for failure. Things aren't going to go in the right way. It's changing it up. It doesn't mean you have to do what I do. You don't right. have to do stand up and then write short stories at night and climb trees. I mean, it's, I don't expect anybody to do that <laughs> <Right>. stuff. But <laughs> it is, if you're getting an argument every time, if it's at dinner, maybe say to the person, hey, let's have an argument, but let's just do it at this time. You know, yeah. I mean, actually say it. I know we're probably yeah. going to fight Or today. go for a walk. Right. Or I'm going to go for a while or just dismiss yourself. I mean, right. A lot of people don't do that no more. Right. There is. Yeah. And taking that self-care is huge. You know, walking through the woods and stuff anymore is like people don't do that. Remember like back in the day when we were younger guys and we used to go down and play by the creek. Oh yeah. That's it. No toys needed. Yeah. None of that. And we had fun and we used our (laughs) imagination and stuff. And now the imagination is, is, is put on a, um, a gaming device and it's about shooting people and stealing cars and about, you know, things that, I think are wrong, but I mean, I'm not going to get political there or anything else, but you know what I mean? I just, I'm like, come on, man. And that's the thing. And that's the thing when I have, (laughs) I'm trying not to go down that rabbit hole, but you know what I mean? And if I do have a client, you know, if I have a patient that's 17 years old and I'm like, you know what are you doing? It's like, you know, they smoke weed, they go on the phone, they text and they play video games. It really is hard to say, well, how can we do this differently? I had multiple kids say to me, well, I mean, I could play a different game and then they'll come to me <laughs> weeks right. later and they'll go, guess what? Guess what? I did something different. I'm like, good. And they're like, I played, you know, Fortnite instead of GTA. And I'm like, okay. Right. I'm like, you're getting there. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, I changed the baby up. steps. Right. Right. So when I was well, a kid, awesome. we had outside. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. People don't do that anymore. The video game outside. Maybe. <laughs> do you have time for maybe a half a song or a song? Did you, did you bring another song with you? Or yeah, one I that you do? Can, uh, I, I want, I want to end this podcast. Mm-hmm. With a song from you that, that I was so intrigued and, and, and so inspired by that last one that I would love to end the podcast. Would you like it to be more of like a rocking one or you can do whatever one. you want. This is all about you and leaving your legacy and, and your fans. Just real quick, can anybody even find you online or are you are you oh. kind of like a ghost that no <laughs> one's know. ever gonna see? It's so so I'm trying to figure this out right now. I'm trying that's why I'm even here, you know. Um I'm going to give one one forewarning tip. So when yeah. you do find out like what emojis are, the one that looks like ice cream, it's it's not really chocolate ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> that one I do know. Da, da, I do know. <laughs> Good job, Bill. I didn't know you were a comic. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be yeah. here for two minutes. <laughs> yeah, there is a movie too that mentions emojis. They, they say things about like eggplant next to other stuff. And there's actually all kind of innuendos that uh, I wouldn't have known except yeah. I saw it in a movie and I'm like, oh. So thank you for that bit. <laughs> um, yeah, grab yeah, my like, guitar, man. And and uh, I, it should be in tune. I just played it before you guys got here. Yeah. I was just trying to buy him some time while yeah, he was Yeah, no, no, no. So, <laughs> so you want to set the song up because we're going to end it with this. And after the song, just kind of look at me. 
and I want you to continue playing while I wrap up this whole thing. Okay. Got it? Yep. All right. Um, So this song is called We Need Children. I wrote this before I became a psychotherapist, and um, I don't love saying the phrase awareness, but it is kind of bringing up awareness of uh, suicide and his parents being involved. Yeah. Um, A lot of schools are worried about even having suicide prevention talks. And the research just shows people are not going to act because you brought up the word. If anything, it's just going to start the conversation. So it's super important. Um, so, yeah, so it might be a little dark, but it has meaning. A great meaning. It, yeah, it absolutely. Cool. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, man. thank you. My son actually said, are you going to play that one? I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Killing themselves. So listen, the one thing that I have written down here and I was like, holy cow, I forgot um, how we even met. And that is stories upstairs. And I didn't know 18 years of doing this, 19 years of doing this. I didn't know that there was a place that storytellers could go and actually hang out with one another. Um, A mutual friend of ours invited me 
And um, Jeremy invited, uh, what's his last name? I don't even so know. It's Hanson, and it's at uh, River's Edge Gallery. In Which Wyandot. is a super sweet gallery. Yep, and he has it upstairs called Stories Upstairs. It's the fourth Thursday of every month. Yeah, and every month they actually have a different theme. Yep. So I don't it was, remember what it is this Thursday. I don't know either, but I'll definitely be there this time. I, I, I just, I, I popped in there last time. And I was so intrigued with how many, I mean, there must have been 30 or 40 artists. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that there was that many storytellers even downriver here. Yeah, it was fun. awesome. They just put a name in the box and they go up. But yeah, since you're plugging your stuff, I just thought, you know, it was important. We had to. We and met. it was in here and time just flew by. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you got to go check out. The art gallery is absolutely amazing. And then uh, stories upstairs. And it literally is upstairs in the gallery. Yeah. And But you have to bring your own booze. It's bring yeah. your own. It's bring your own booze. Yep. <laughs> you do have to. So if you need a little bit of encouragement, you got to bring it yourself. Yep. Yep. Dan Jones, thank you so much for coming on the Outstanding Life much. Podcast. Bill, thanks for hanging out this afternoon here in this beautiful day here in Michigan. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast. I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. And don't forget, you can listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Player FM. And don't forget, if you want to donate, to the Outstanding Life Podcast. You can go to motivationalcowboy.com. Go to the podcast page. I have a PayPal account there that you can show your support and you can also support on Patreon. Again, this is Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling all of you, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day.